he arrives at his final destination. This is the place where he is no longer going to be free. He's going to be nailed to a cross and crucified. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, as well as the author of Why Life Hurts and co-author of Evangelism Made Simple. Hi, I'm Jim Scudder. Today on In Grace, we're thankful, first of all, for you listening to our program, our podcast, or our radio program. And I hope that what we discuss today will be a blessing to you and it'll help you get closer to Christ, get closer to the Lord and more like Him. Uh, we're talking about Jesus. We're talking about His final, really final day before His crucifixion. And we find ourselves in our series, The Story of Jesus, in the Garden of Gethsemane. Gethsemane is a word that means olive press, and it was right there on the slopes of the Mount of Olives, just to the east of the Temple Mount there in Jerusalem. And I think it's probably one of my favorite places in the world to stand to be at on the Mount of Olives, but especially in the Garden of Gethsemane. There's actually still a place that you can go today that you're surrounded by ancient olive trees. And when we do our tours to Israel, we'll take people to this beautiful garden. It's quiet, which is rare because Jerusalem is, is a noisy town and you have the hustle and bustle of the city. But then you get into this garden and it just somehow all, all the sounds go away. And, and you start to really dwell on the fact that Jesus went there to contemplate what was about to happen, to think through in a human way, not just the pain and suffering he was going to endure, but the the weight of sin that was going to be put upon him. It was so extreme, the thought of this, that he sweat drops of blood. So we're going to talk about that today and tomorrow here on In Grace as we are talking about the last really few hours of the life of Christ before his crucifixion and subsequent resurrection. So we'll get into that in just a moment. Right before we do, I mentioned the trip to Israel. Uh, in Grace, here we do some travel opportunities where we like to bring our viewers and listeners along to go to places to see and to spend time together and, and rejoice in Christ. And uh, we have an Israel trip coming up. We actually have one that's leaving in about a week from right now. That one is full. We have uh, close to 120 people on that one. But we do have another one planned for a year from now. And so if you'd like to go to Israel, I'd love for you to check out the free brochure. You can go to our website to get that or look at it, or you can call us and we'll mail you one. The website is ingraceradio.com, ingraceradio.com. Click on travel, or you can call us at one 800 780 Grace. And while you're there, check out our Alaska cruise. We're going to Alaska this summer. We're doing a creation cruise, and we'd love for you to join us on that as well. It was a hot summer day, and there's a little boy, his name is Joey, that was helping his grandfather pick potatoes. And his grandfather could tell that little Joey was a little miffed because it was hot and he had to work and get dirty and dig up these potatoes. So the grandfather asked Joey, he said, what, what's wrong? Are you, a little, are you a little upset? And he said, well, yeah, grandfather, I, I, I just want to know 
why did you go and bury these darn things in the first place? <laughs> well, we're not gonna talk about gardening today. We are gonna talk about a garden. As a matter of fact, uh, at the end, I'm gonna talk about two gardens, but we're gonna talk about the, the story of Jesus, the life of Christ, as we're studying his life from the very beginning of the Gospels all the way through the four Gospels and even a little of Acts, as we wanna know more about Jesus, don't we? We wanna know how he, he lived, how he acted and reacted and how he ministered, how he loved. And we're in the last day of his life, but we're by no means near the end of the series because the end of Jesus' life is not the end of the story of Jesus. For he rose again, and he's alive. So Jesus had left his, these, these final words with his disciples. They had left the upper room, which is somewhere further up in the, in the city of Jerusalem. There's a, a traditional place that we go to today. It's on Mount Zion. And you would go down from there, not sure the route, but maybe it would have been uh, down along the old city wall, or maybe it would have been through the, the temple area. We don't know exactly the route, but on that route, he talked to his disciples. He gave them his last words of, of encouragement and advice and, and warning. This was it. They didn't realize this was it. I mean, he had told them this was it, but this was it. And then remember last time in John 17, he prayed for them. And when he prayed for them, he prayed for you. If you feel discouraged today, read Jesus. We call it his high priestly prayer. It's the real Lord's prayer in John 17, where he prayed for you. Then he, it says in verse one of John 18, arrives at his final destination. This is the place where he is no longer going to be free. He's going to be taken. He's going to be tried in a mock trial. He's going to be nailed to a cross and crucified the next day. I'm assuming this was at sunset. Maybe the sky still had some hues of red and yellow and orange, and maybe it was a, a cool evening because it was around Passover. Passover was approaching. And that's where we pick up the story in John chapter 18, verse 1. When Jesus had spoken these words, that was his, his prayer, he went forth with his disciples over the brook Kedron. Okay, so if you understand Jerusalem... There's a valley that runs to the east of the old city, and that valley is the Kidron Valley. So guess what? The bottom of the valley usually runs water, and this is the stream, the brook Kidron. They crossed over, probably very small, where was a garden, into the which he entered and his disciples. Now, not every story of Jesus is told in every gospel. Sometimes it was, but it's rare. Most of the times it's one or two or three, but hardly ever it's four. And in this case, his agony in the Garden of Gethsemane, it's in three gospels, 100%. 
The full story of his agony in the garden is in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. In John, though, John brings us to the garden. And then John goes to the arrest. Okay, why did John skip the agony? Well, we don't know exactly why some authors included things and others didn't. But remember, part of our study was to answer the critics that say there's contradictions in the Bible. And anytime we came to one, I think we came to a couple that looked like one author of the gospel said this happened. There was one person and this one said there were two people. We've easily been able to explain those so-called discrepancies and we found out it's just a, a point of view. One author included it, one didn't. And so here, and again, the Holy Spirit is guiding, right? The Holy Spirit is, is moving them along and what to say. They're the instrument, they're the pen, the penman of the scriptures. But, but John does bring us to a garden. Now he doesn't name it, he says, there was a garden. They entered, his disciples. Now, how many disciples were there? 12? No, there were 11 now, right? Because Judas had left the building. Remember, Judas left the upper room, and uh, he is now plotting to, to betray Jesus, as Jesus had predicted. So there were 11. By the, by the way, that was a trick question, okay? Uh, there were 12 disciples, but now at this point, there were 11. They all 11, so there was 12 people, go into the garden. And John gives us a detail that the others don't. And that's what I love about reading the Gospels. If you ever have a chance to read the Gospels uh, in harmony, so you're gonna read all four accounts, and you can see this person said this, this person didn't, and you get little clues from each of them. So John gives us this clue. Um, it says in verse two, and Judas also, which betrayed him, knew the place. So that's an important detail because Judas is going to be leading the soldiers of the, of the high priest to come arrest Jesus there. So why is this an important clue? Because it says, for Jesus oftentimes resorted thither with his disciples. This was a place that Jesus liked to go. This is a place I like to go. I love going to this garden. And if you go on a trip to Israel, with us or with anybody, you will very likely be able to go into this garden. This I mean, this very garden. We know exactly where it is. So Jesus would, would go to places that were quiet and beautiful, and he would be able to interact with his disciples or others. He would be able to minister and love people. I think we need to do that sometimes. We need to turn it off that thing that is glued to our hand and to our face, uh, or whatever, whatever other things that are making noise in your life, and just focus on what's important. Focus on the creator. Focus on the savior. And resort thither. Resort, uh, go, go, go to a special place where it's quiet, and, and you can get recharged. And this was a place that Jesus loved to go. And this is a place that I love to go. And uh, if you're interested, the next time we're going to Israel is in February. It's all set. We have, I think the brochures are done. If not, they're almost done. And we'd love for you to go. It sounds like a lot of people are going because they don't have the vaccine mandate anymore in Israel. So that's good if you're interested in that February, late February of next year. You're listening to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr., 
Are you interested in the end times prophecy of the rebuilding of the Jewish temple? Then you need to watch InGrace's new video series, The Quest to Rebuild the Jewish Temple. Jim Scudder Jr. will take you to amazing sites like the Temple Mount, the Dome of the Rock, and the land on the Mount of Olives purchased for the sacrifice of the red heifer. Jim Scudder has exclusive interviews with experts and people involved in rebuilding the temple. This new series will be yours as a thank you for a gift of any amount to InGrace. Don't miss this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to witness prophecy being fulfilled before our very eyes and see how all of this impacts our world today. When your gift is $35 or more, Jim Scudder will also send you an incredible eight-part video series called Armageddon's Dawn and a beautiful End Times Prophecy Chart. Don't wait. Get this video series today to order the quest to rebuild the Jewish temple. Call now, 800-78-GRACE, or order on our secure website, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. The other Gospels give us so much. So let's look at Matthew's account and what we're going to do. In this series, we haven't read all of the accounts for the sake of time, but today we're going to read all three, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, fully. We're going to go through them all, and we're going to give you a little assignment. I'm going to see if you can pick out details that the others haven't given us yet. So let's do a little exercise. Matthew 26, 36, what pops out at you that John didn't tell us? Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. So we get a couple things here that we didn't read about in John. One is what? The name of the garden, okay? This garden's name is Gethsemane. Gethsemane is two words, and it means simply this, olive press, okay? Where is Gethsemane? It is on the bottom of the Mount of Olives. So as soon as you come down the Kidron Valley from the temple, we go down and cross that brook. As soon as we crossed and started going up, that's the Mount of Olives. That's the, it's, and it's really, I mean, it's not huge, but it's, it's sizable. It runs for a while. And you're going east, so if you go over the Mount of Olives, you go to Jericho and, and the northern part of the Dead Sea. That's where you'd end up and then in Jordan. So you're, you're starting to go up on the Mount of Olives. That's Gethsemane right there. Right there. And the Mount of Olives is a Mount of Olives. Okay, good. You all are staying with me. Good. And so you're going to need to press those olives. I mean, olives were used to eat, and I love olives. I'm an olive fanatic. I would eat olives all the time. And, and when you go to Israel, by the way, they serve olives at every meal. There's olives of all different kinds. Be careful. They haven't learned that you can take the pits out, okay? Every now and then I go to a gyro place. How many of you like gyros? Man, they're good. They really help improve your breath because I found that when I eat gyros, I have a lot of friends that run away from me. I never eat a gyro, by the way. Here's some marital advice. Never eat a gyro unless your wife is with you because if you're both eating a gyro, you don't even notice. But if one of you eats a gyro, everybody notices. So they have a Greek salad at this restaurant. They, the pits are in them, and I always forget. And man, you ever bite down on a pit? So anyways, the olives, some were for eating, but most of them were for, for oil. The oil was where it was at. I mean, think about all the, the uses for olive oil. You cook with it. They didn't have electricity, so they're lighting with it. They're using it for medicine. They're using it to keep bugs uh, off of you and animals. I mean, it was hugely important to have olives. So 
Where would you have your olive press? At the top of a mountain or at the bottom of a mountain full of olive trees? Well, you're probably going to want the olives to be brought down rather than brought up. So that's where this olive press, Garden of Gethsemane olive press was. I have a really cool old picture of the Garden of Gethsemane. I have a book. It's a really old book, but it's full of black and white photos of Israel like over 100 years ago. It's really cool. I'm going to do an In Grace series. I'm going to blow up some of those and talk about the old picture and then go and find the place that they took it and show it what it looks like today and a number of those sites. It looks so different. You don't see the new city at all. It's just, it's just old Middle Eastern type structures, but the garden looks the same, right? And I, I don't know exactly where that, where that press is currently, but I know that we go, uh, we go in and, and we're able to go to a private garden. There's a, there's a church of Gethsemane, and when we go to Israel, we don't do a lot of churches. We just kind of, I'd rather go outside and see the, the natural places it would have looked like. So instead of the church, we go across the church. We, uh, we tip a guy. You know what I mean by tip? Uh, we give a guy some tip money and he opens the, the door for us and we go in and we can stay in for a while and we talk a little bit and then I let everyone pray. So let me show you another picture. So this is an aerial view of Jerusalem, and you can see there on the map a possible location of the upper room. And for those of you listening on the radio, I apologize because you can't see this, but I'll try to describe it to you best I can. We're looking at an aerial view of Jerusalem from the north looking south, and you can see the old city surrounded by a wall. By the way, that wall is old, but it's 7th century AD. So in Israel, that's nothing. That's like yesterday. So, um, but it looks like an ancient wall. You can see the wall there, the Damascus gates right in the middle. And then on around, on the other side, you'd see the, the Jaffa gate and the Zion gate. That's where the upper room would be. And then you continue down that wall on the, um, on the south side of the old city, and you see the Kidron Valley. And that runs from where the city of David is all the way back north past Gethsemane. So Gethsemane is just off, you see the, the Dome of the Rock, in the middle, that's, it's not even a mosque, it's a, a shrine. It, it was called the, the, the Shrine of Omar. It's important to, to Muslims, but it's the, the, what's most important is just, uh, just to the south of the gold dome is a, a silver dome big building. That's the Al-Aqsa Mosque, which is more, more important. But they just showed video, the violence that was there recently during Ramadan, and they were playing soccer inside. And it tells you it's not that reverent. If they're, they're not even supposed to wear shoes inside this mosque, but they were playing soccer. So anyways, so then just down to the east, go, going down from the Temple Mount, and you start to go back up, and you see that green area? That's Gethsemane. And that's where the Garden of Gethsemane is. By the way, just above Gethsemane, it's all like tan, that whole hillside. Those are cemeteries. Those are graves. It's just packed with graves. There's Arab uh, graves right next to the Eastern Gate, and then there's uh, Jewish graves everywhere. Why? Because the Messiah is coming back to the Mount of Olives. The Messiah is coming to the Mount of Olives is what they would say. We would say the Messiah is coming back to the Mount of Olives, and he certainly is. So that kind of gives you the lay of the land where Gethsemane is in relation to the, the old city of Jerusalem. And then uh, that's just down the, the Kidron Valley. Back, start, go back up a little bit and there's a beautiful garden. And I want to show you a little video 
of the uh, Garden of Gethsemane. This is our trip in November, and I asked the video guys to give me a, a few shots of people praying. This is actually inside the Garden of Gethsemane, and we'll give everyone a chance to go, I say, go by yourself, go find a place, and, and these are all olive trees, by the way, and you're able to pray by an olive tree that the roots, this, this tree was alive at the roots at the time of Jesus. That's how old these trees are. And so what an experience. How many of you have experienced praying in the Garden of Gethsemane? A lot of you have. It's an incredible experience. And I hope that all of you can experience it if, if the Lord uh, would let you. But I tell you, there's nothing like the Garden of Gethsemane. I know why Jesus loved it so much. And although you can still hear some of the city noises, it's almost like the noise ends and you just hear birds and you, just, you can just think about the Lord and the Creator. So... That's where they are. That's where they are. And Matthew continues in verse 37 of Matthew 26. And he, Jesus, took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee. Okay, now we know who those two sons of Zebedee are uh, from earlier in the gospel. You probably know who they are, but I'm not going to tell you who they are because another author of the gospels tells us the names. But it's the, it's the three people that were with the Lord in a unique way. It's kind of the inner circle. So he had 12 disciples, but he had three of them that got to do a few other things. So let me finish that verse. He took with him Peter and the, the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Though Jesus, this is intense, physical, emotional, spiritual agony that he's about to enter. We're, we're gonna focus on that today. But these three people had accompanied Jesus two other times. This is the third time that we read about. Once they had accompanied the Lord at the transfiguration. Remember where, where Jesus appeared in his glory and th those three were with him there. And then another time he took those three was the raising of Jairus' daughter. Okay? Now, this is the third time the agony in the garden. Somebody said, and, and this sounds right, that Philippians 3.10 is... Uh, it's ironic how, how it matches up these three moments that, that they were with Christ. And I'm telling you, if you love him and you serve him, he's going to give you some really neat experiences, okay? You're going to be able to do some things that you, you couldn't have planned. I was touring a, a gentleman today that made that movie, Hope in the Holy Land. You all need to watch that. I'll be showing it probably here. But we were talking about how God just gave us some incredible opportunities to film the Rescuer 9-11, David Carnes, to, to do an interview with Charlie Duke and Alveda King and all these people. It's like God just can surprise you with opportunities. Isn't God wonderful to give us opportunities? And we'll discuss more tomorrow on our Tuesday edition of In Grace about this Garden of Gethsemane and this experience that he had there, sweating drops of blood, praying as he was about to take upon himself literally the weight of the world, which is sin, and be separated from the Father the first time in all eternity. And that's something we still can't fully understand. But we're going to explore that, and we're just going to thank the Lord for how good he is and how much he's done for us and how he does give us 
so many things. It's just incredible. So again, more on that tomorrow. Right before we go, you remember that I've mentioned our, our tours to Israel. And if you're ever interested in going to Israel, go to our website, ingraceradio.com. But we can also bring you to Israel via video. We have a brand new series starting this Friday on the radio, The Quest to Rebuild the Jewish Temple. You're going to hear it, but you probably need to see it as well. We go to Israel, we film rabbis, we uh, go and uh, talk to uh, people that are bringing the red heifer to Israel. We talk to people making harps for the temple. It's really an incredible program. I'd love to send you the video series, The Quest to Rebuild the Jewish Temple, and you can get it by giving a gift of any amount to Ingrace. And when you do, we're going to thank you by sending you this incredible three-part video series. As a thank you for your gift of any amount, Jim Scudder will send you the quest to rebuild the Jewish temple when your gift is $35 or more. He will also send you his eight-part video series, Armageddon's Dawn, and a beautiful end times prophecy chart. Order the quest to rebuild the Jewish temple by calling 800-78-GRACE. Go to our secure website, ingraceradio.com, or write to us at Ingrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Thank you for joining us on InGrace Radio with Jim Scudder Jr. InGrace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio.